Now I grew up down an old dirt road in a town you wouldn't know. I still live in the sticks where you wouldn't go. In a town of 1200 off an old dirt road. And a country boy is all I'll ever be. Alright, everybody, welcome back to the Mountain Man Dan Show. It's been a few weeks since we've put an episode out. I'm trying to think, I think the last episode we did was the 375 Reader episode, so it's been a few weeks. I've been busy with work, traveling up and down. Right now I'm just south of the Yukon River, working off the Dalton Highway on the pipeline, so been pretty busy working 12, 12 plus hour days. So just not a whole lot of time to, you know, I haven't been home in a month or barely home in a month, a couple days, uh, here and there, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to go shooting, haven't had time to work on guns, haven't had time to do a whole lot of, much of anything, but, we're gonna go ahead and talk real quick about one of the projects I was working on last time I was home, be kind of a different episode today, just a, a gear review episode, uh, which I've never really done before, but I wanted to get together and put something out and talk about the Skinner Optics 1-6x24 that I was testing out last time I was home, and I've been, I've been testing it out for a couple months now. So anybody that's listening to the podcast, anybody that follows me online, anybody that's ever listened to me talk would know that I'm a pretty big fan of the Skinner uh, receiver sights and, and their front sights. You know, I have, I think I have Skinner sights, Skinner peep sights on all of my lever guns except for the Marlin 1895 uh, that I got from my dad, which has a custom uh, uh, Newfield sight on it. And I don't have one on my 1892 because I'm still working on that gun. But I do plan on putting a Skinner on that gun when it's closer to being completed. So I'm a big fan of the Skinner sights. You know, their peep sights are very durable, very easy to use, really, really rugged. You know, blend, blend into the gun, really match the lines of the lever gun really well. They make a great sight. You know, I've used their front sights, their bear buster sights, or even just their standard partridge style front sights. Uh, everything I've ever gotten from them has been exceptional quality. Really happy with them. So, <clears throat> I know I've talked, I'm pretty sure I've talked on the podcast before about passing up a shot on a moose last year when I couldn't see the peep sights on my Remington 700 458. Which, originally the plan was to throw a scope on the 458, which then led me end up buying the 375 Ruger and just putting together kind of a more general purpose Alaskan rifle that was also left-handed, so it would suit me a little better. But, um, while I was talking about the, the 458 and putting a scope on it, I was talking with Andy Larson, who talks to on Skinner sites, and I, he was, just came out with, was promoting his, um, his, his little scope that they introduced, and I asked him about if he thought it would handle the recoil of the 458 wind mag, and he said he didn't know, let's find out. So it took, it took a little while, he sent me one that had been used by some uh, magazine or gun writer or somebody uh, to do their review, and then he sent it to me to, uh, to test out. I've, I've messed with the scope a fair amount now, I've had it on four, four different rifles I think. Starting with 22, I've been working up to that 458. Uh, really been really happy with it. So let's go ahead and talk about the scope a little bit. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, the place that he has that scope made by, 
manufactures a scope for uh, a very similar scope for another big name brand outfit. You know, I've compared the features on. It. I'm not going to say who, but I'm pretty sure it is a well-known name here in the states that makes that scope for him. Um, and actually, when I talked to that company uh, about putting a, one of their scopes on that 458, they had recommended their counterpart to this scope from, from Skinner Sykes. So the scope is a, it's a 1 to 6 by 24 uh, little uh, 30 millimeter tube. It's got, uh, it's got uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's got a capped uh, turrets on it. And then on the left side of the scope, it's got a a light, a light a, a lit reticle dot that's I think it's a one MOA dot. It's very small, um, smaller than I would I think I would prefer. Uh, Andy designed the reticle on this scope to kind of be for his specifications. It's a little finer than what I would normally like, but it's it's very usable. It's got a BDC built into it, and then it has the the one or the one MOA lit dot in the middle. That I think it's got six power settings and if I remember correctly it has turn offs in between these power settings so you don't have to spin the dial all the way around to turn off the, the lighted reticle. You can just click it over one, you know, forward or backwards one click to turn off the dot. Um, that was my only real complaint with that scope and I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. The dot was a little dimmer than what I would like to see. I have a couple other similar scopes um, and the dots are significantly brighter. And I talked to Andy about that, and he said the second batch of those scopes that he had coming in very shortly after I got this one, uh, that was an issue that they had addressed was putting a brighter dot on in the scope. So that was really the only complaint I had. The uh, the turrets are very easy to use, uh, half MOA adjustments. Everything I did with the scope, it was extremely accurate adjustments, very repeatable, very accurate. I can't complain there, and then it, um, it's got a, you know, the little 1 to 6 dial, it actually comes with a throw handle that you can thread in for the adjustment knob for the power, which is pretty handy, you know, especially if you're going to run it on like an AR-15 like that or something like that. So, um, originally, uh, the first rifle I threw the scope on was my little Zesteva M99 22 rifle. With the price of ammo right now, I wasn't really wanting to shoot up a whole bunch of 458 ammo especially with the availability of bullets and that kind of stuff. So I threw it on the 22 for initial testing and uh, did all my, like, tracking tests. Like, that. normally I'll shoot, like, a figure eight, you know, up. I think I went 40 clicks with this one up, you know, up, up, right, down, left, and then I'll go left, down, right, and up. And I'll shoot kind of a figure eight on the, on the paper. And every time the, 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 the adjustments on the scope were exactly where they were supposed to be as far as um, I think I was only shooting at 50 yards with the 22, but you know, if it was if I went 40 clicks, and that should have been, you know, 20 inches at, at 100 yards, that would be, you know, 10 inches at at that that 50, and everything was exactly what we're supposed to be, and it came back to zero, 100% every time, no issues. So, and then I left it on the 22 for a while, you know, used it on the 22 a little bit, did some small game hunting and that kind of stuff, and then I took it off the 22. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I put it on an AR-15. That's kind of the cool thing about this little scope. It's very well designed and very well sized for 
just about any platform you want to put on. You know, if you want to, if you want to build kind of a scout rifle type thing, but you don't like the scout scopes, like I don't like scout scopes, it's good for that. It's good for lever guns. It's good for big bore hunting rifles, like the 458. I was going to put it on. Good for 22. I really liked it on the 22. Um, as a matter of fact, I plan on buying at least one more of these scopes from Andy at some point because that's about everything I tested the scope on. I wanted to leave it on there. Um, so I ended up putting on my AR next, and uh, same thing, you know, sighted it in, and then I didn't really do, I wanted to do a bunch of long-range shooting, but with work and stuff, I just didn't get the time to do it, but I did, I did run it out a little bit past, you know, I sighted in for 100, figured out what the, um, what the hash marks were for, for drop and with, with my load, and I forget what the exact ranges were, but I wouldn't put a steel plate out at a, at a gravel pit and figured out the ranges and I ran the ballistics and all that kind of stuff and figured out the ranges for each half mark and I just walked backwards across the gravel pit lasering until I hit the range for each half mark, fired five or six shots, went back to the next range and all the all the shots were on target. Uh, I think the furthest range I shot was like 414 yards or something like that. Uh, and, and it worked fine for that. I wanted to play with trying to like click shots in at that longer ranges. I didn't get a chance to do that. But the testing I've done at this, with the scope at the at the 100-yard range with the 22 and that kind of stuff and sighting it in with the couple rifles I've played with, I have no reason to believe that it wouldn't click in shots just fine. But I didn't get a chance to play with that with the AR as much as I wanted to. And I might put it back on the AR at some point and play with that some more. So then from there, I put it on my 4570. And I've got I've got a few different 4570s. This uh, the rifle I ended up putting the scope on is a Marlin 1895 uh, GBL, which is their carbine pistol grips, uh, laminated stock, blued with a full length you know, six round tube. And I put that little rifle on there, or I'm sorry, the little scope on there, just to kind of ease into the ho the heavy recoiling rounds and wanted to play with that a little bit and uh to be honest that's just where that scope's gonna live now i really like it i'm not usually a fan of scopes on lever guns i've always been a peep sight on lever guns guy but that that scope is so well proportioned to a lever gun you know it's small enough it's wide enough um and it, it fits on that i was able to mount it super low on that marlin 1895 gbl and really liked it on there a lot more than i thought i would so i sighted in for 100 yards and then I didn't figure out my range for the hash marks yet. That's with the load I was using. I was trying to shoot up some ammo I had that I didn't really like. But I did shoot a couple rounds at 200 yards. I stepped back, put no, I found an aiming point, shot a couple rounds in my backstop, and measured the amount of drop, and then clicked in with the 4570 for that drop. You know, to to get dead on at 200, and went back and fired. You know, I think I shot like six or seven rounds at a steel plate at 200 after clicking in those shots. You know, all hits, all center. So, you know, it, it worked fine for clicking in on the 4570. I, I never, and I didn't go any further from two past 200 yards of the 4570. That's not really a long range cartridge, but there's a lot better. I have better options than that for the long range shooting. So, after I, I don't know, I shot 50 or 60 rounds of 4570, you know, just doing different things out cutting firewood and shooting at stumps and. You know, testing it at the range, shooting shooting steel plates, and doing some kind of speed drills, trying to see how that scope felt 
compared to iron sights for, you know, coming up and getting a quick snapshots off. And I gotta say, you know, especially with how low you can, you can, you know, zoom that scope all the way out to one power, which I gotta say, it's pretty, pretty impressive how far out that scope actually zooms. I found that for my eyes, I had to leave it at more like one and a half, almost two power to really kind of have it look like it was one power. You can zoom that scope way out for close range work. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, like, 25 yards trying to snap up and hit a 10-inch plate, no problem. That didn't really slow me down at all over using standard peep sights. Um, one other thing I should probably mention about this particular scope, <clears throat> and something I thought was very interesting about it, is I think the weight, if I remember off the top of my head, was 17 ounces. And I have a Vortex uh, PST, uh, Viper PST Gen 2, 1 to 6 by 24, very similar scope on my 375 Ruger. Uh, the Viper PST has 10, 10 modes of illumination on the dot. Got more of a, uh, like a uh, MOA actual hash, hash mark reticle, more of a long range reticle on it. And it's got uh, wider, you know, uh, capped target turrets on it. A little heavier. And it's got more adjustment. I think, I think the, I figured out that the, the range of adjustment on the on the Skinner was somewhere in the area of like 85 MOA, you know, up and down, side to side. And I think that Vortex has like 160. It was it was it was almost double what the Skinner was. It was crazy amount of adjustment on that Vortex scope, and that's actually one of the reasons I bought it for that 375 is for being able to click in longer shots with it. And that scope's been a really good scope. It was also MSRP on that scope is over 900 bucks. I think like 900. I think it's right at right at a thousand bucks. Or the Skinner's sell for 250 to 300, depending on what kind of deal he has going on. Very big difference in, in price point there. Um, optical clarity. Uh, I can't say I really noticed that much of a difference. The Vortex might be a tiny bit clearer, but it's not enough to really notice at the kind of ranges that you'd use a scope at on a lever gun or something like that. Uh, one thing about the Skinner I did notice compared to the Vortex was that at 17 ounces, it is 15 ounces, I'm sorry, it was 5 ounces lighter than the Vortex, which, you know, um, up here, that, that can be a big deal. Like, if you're going out on a bush plane or something, every every ounce counts. Or if you're, you know, carrying a rifle out, out across the mountains and that kind of stuff. And actually, 5 ounces is drag you down by the end of the day. It's, you know, it doesn't sound like that much, but it makes a difference, so... Anyway, so I put it on the 4570, shot 40 or 50 rounds, and then with reloading components the way they are, I didn't, I wasn't able to get 40, uh, 45 caliber bullets to really run it through the 458 the way I wanted to, but I did throw it on the 458, and I fired about 30 rounds, and in that 30 rounds I fired, you know, sighting in, and then just, you know, kind of playing with it on the 458 to see how I felt, how I liked the scope on that rifle. I didn't have any malfunctions, and that rifle, I already killed one scope with that rifle when I first got it. I put a, a older Redfield 3-9 on it, and I killed that scope within about 10 rounds. And then I put the iron sights on it, and I put a Williams iron sight, uh, receiver sight on it with the peep sight. And, and I don't know how many people have looked at those Williams sights, but they kind of they slide up and down, back and forth with the line of recoil on the rifle to adjust me, to adjust your elevation. And it it didn't hold up. Uh, the that 458 recoiled so brutally that it would 
that that site would not hold zero. I actually had to once I figured out where I wanted it to be for my load for 100 yards. I actually epoxied the slide on that site so it couldn't move. Otherwise, it would just every time you shot, it would inch forward and inch forward and inch forward and keep shooting higher and higher and higher. And like I said, I did kill a scope with that rifle. Um, <clears throat> I didn't shoot that 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 vortex or that Skinner scope on there as much as I would have liked to, because I was you know busy and. I only had 50, 60 rounds of, you know, 458 ammo on hand. I didn't want to shoot all of it up testing out a scope, and I couldn't find bullets that were under three bucks a piece. And I'm not spent. I wasn't going to spend that for bullets right now. So unfortunately, I didn't get it tested on the 458 as much as I wanted. But I did shoot shoot it on the 4570 quite a bit. And actually, when I got done with it on the 458, I put it back on the 4 the 4570, and it's just it's going to live on the 4570 now. And so far, zero issues. Super happy with the scope. I, uh, I would 100% recommend this scope to anybody that's looking for a nice, light, uh, compact, low-power variable optic like that. Um, like I said, there are a couple other scopes in that price range. There's the Vortex Strike Eagle, which I'm, I don't like the reticle on the Strike Eagle. It's got kind of a goofy, tactical... Uh, you know, quick fire reticle, whatever they call it on there, and I don't like those fancy cluttered reticles like that. And then there's the Burris, um, what do they call that, the, who? what's the name of that Burris, the uh, RT-6, Burris RT-6, which is a 1 to 6 by 24, very, very similar scope. And it's got a little better reticle design than, than the Vortex in my, in my eyes, but it's still not really ideal for the kind of shooting that we do you know, on a hunting rifle or it, it's I mean it'll work but it's just still kind of cluttered I didn't really like the reticle design well this has just a traditional crosshair with a couple hash marks underneath for you know for reference points or if you uh if you figure out the distance I don't remember what the distance between those marks and the MOAs was right off the top of my head it's not the first the scope that I got didn't come with any kind of paperwork or anything that showed what the distance was between the hash marks, and I had to figure that out for myself. But once I was able to figure it out, I entered all that information and my load information into my ballistic app, and was able to figure out exactly, like, I forget it was, what it was on my AR. It was like, I zeroed at 100, and it was like 214 yards, 328 yards, and 430 yards, or something like that. For the first few half hash marks underneath of the scope, and if you if, if you're if you're good enough with the ballistic apps, you know you can figure. Andy said for uh, you know generally it came out for like most like 308, 223, and that kind of stuff. It should be the hash mark should be 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, and 600. Um, every rifle is going to be a little bit different. I think my AR is a little flatter shooting, and I'm shooting 62 grain, you know, match bullets, and I've got a. 24 inch uh, barrel on that so it's probably shooting a little flatter than standard 55 grain ball like that I don't remember off the top of my head what the numbers were but it did seem like it was a little my ranges were a little better than that 200 300 400 mark like I want to say it was I want to say it was like 260 that first mark the three the third one was like 330 and the, and the last one was like 450 it was right in there somewhere I don't remember off the top of my head what they were <clears throat> but um, and I didn't go out any pa any further past that really because the, the gravel pit where I shoot long range wasn't I can't go any further than that for range and then so where I go long range to my thousand yard place that I go shooting it was still too wet and muddy and I couldn't get back in there to really 
get in there and test the scope at that super long, you know, 600 yard or, or further like I wanted to. But yeah, 100%, 100% I recommend the scope. Um, like I said, I've never really been a fan of scopes on lever guns, but that, that scope fits on a, fits on that little GBL really well, so there's no reason. It would be like perfect on the, Marlin had those XLR model rifles out a few years ago. It'd be just about perfect for that. Or, you know, just just about anything, you know, if you're if you're getting older and you don't really you don't really like the peep sight or you're just getting older and you don't can't see them very well, or if you're like me and you're doing a lot of brush hunting and it's low light and that kind of stuff, um it's a very, very viable option for that. Like that I like this one well enough and that I, I will be buying at least one more of them. Probably get I'll probably get more than one. But I, I like this I like the scope that well. Uh I would I would venture to say that I like it better than the Vortex Viper PST Gen 2 just because of the weight factor. It, it's 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 noticeably lighter than that than that Vortex and you're not giving up anything in the in the way of optical clarity or anything like that. I do have more adjustment on the Vortex, but at normal like lever gun ranges or even general hunting ranges you're not really going to be seeing the advantage of having 160 MOA of adjustment in a six power scope. It's really it's on needed. Um, when I put the 375 together, I kind of had this this vision of it being the perfect general purpose Alaska rifle with you know being able to shoot anything from zero to 600 yards. And the more I play with that six power scope, it's just not. I mean, sure I could I could I could probably make a 600 yard shot with that. And it's just not ideal. And honestly, I can get a 2 to 10 Vortex scope on a 30 millimeter tube that is actually, you know, 7 ounces lighter than that, than that Viper PST is. That, it, that that's, a, that's a stout little scope. And it's a good scope. I like the scope. But I would venture to say that I like the Skinner Optics better. And I'm not saying that because Andy sent me the scope and let me keep it. I'm saying that. Honestly and legitimately, um, I don't see any advantage. Um, the, 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 the brighter dot on the Viper is nice, but uh, from what I understand, the, the second batch of the, of the Skinner is that's supposed to be fixed on. And the the, the bigger, you know, the, 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 the more, what's the word I'm looking for, the higher amount of adjustment, you know, more adjustment in the scope, it's nice, it's not really needed. For the kind of, like I said, for the general purpose of this scope, it's not, you don't need 160 MOA of adjustment, the 85 or whatever this one had is plenty. I haven't even come close to running out of adjustment on it. So, um, I don't know that the extra 7 ounces of weight is, is, is worth the extra, you know, 60 MOA of adjustment that you're never really going to use. But, um, anyway, so yeah, this is, uh, the gear, I'm going to start trying to do a little more of these. Everybody can kind of let me know what you think. I'm going to try to start doing a few more of these gear review podcasts here and there, you know, shorter episodes that I can put out when I'm up here working, and then we'll do, you know, long subject-based podcasts when I'm home. So um, if anybody has any questions about the, the Skinner Optics, you can contact me. I'll be happy to answer anything I can. Uh, be sure to check out the Lever Gun and Skinner Sites group on Facebook. They've got a really cool group. I think they're right around 30,000 members now, maybe even more than that now. Really nice group. Lots of good guys on that group. Andy is uh, super active on that group. So any questions you guys have about your optics or your sights or anything like that, you know, he's always on there. More than willing to help anybody. 
So be, for, be sure to check that out. And like I said, you guys can ask me anything. Um, if, if I missed anything in this podcast and you have questions about that scoop, uh, about the scope, don't hesitate to hit me on to get get a hold of me either on Facebook, Instagram, any of the websites I'm on, and uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions I can. But yeah, so like I like I said, 100%. You know, out of a uh, on a scale of one to ten, I'd give this scope about an eight and a half for the money. And the only reason I don't rate it higher is because of that that low the 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 low brightness of the dot but um if it had if it had a little bit brighter dot in it i would i would give it a 10 out of 10 for the for the price um like i said it's a third of the price of the vortex pst i have on my other rifle and i don't see really any advantage in that scope for the kind of situation that these things are built for but anyway i'm gonna go ahead and get this one wrapped up i appreciate everybody tuning in to to listen to the episode you can always check us out on the mountain man dan show on facebook we have our facebook page instagram the shooter's apprentice on uh instagram uh youtube is the shooter's apprentice you can check out my youtube videos i put out periodically talking about this this that or the other i'm hoping to Maybe start doing that a little bit more. But like I said, I, as always, I appreciate everybody tuning in. If you guys have any questions or comments or ideas to make the show better, please let me know, and we will catch everybody next time.